This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, after a six-goal battering of a run, we were brought down to earth a goal straw with USA puts England in a fairly good position well pretty much a positive position to qualify for the last 16 but it wasn't very entertaining now joining me today I've got the two voices you've become familiar to hear starting off here Lee how are you mate I'm not too bad actually Dan I'm not feeling too damn beat about the scoreline I'm feeling very positive about the next match fantastic and you Jamie how are you mate yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, a bit disappointed with the performance more than anything last night, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yes, so I'm going to start off with a statistic, you know how much I love them. Um, that was that nil-nil was a record 12th goalless draw at a World Cup for England. No team's ever had more. <laughs> wow. I think I that heard surprise that. you? I think I heard it last night. Yeah, um, Nick Toff Sky Sports. He's on a little <laughs> banner thing. I thought, well, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that we hold the record for most goals draws at the World Cup at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, I mean, Jamie, did, did you think, obviously getting straight into the match itself, um, Foden wasn't brought on. There's been a lot of talk about that. Do you think, were you, should he have been brought on for you? Yeah, it's his ability to break teams down in the final third. Like what we had wasn't working. Like they'd gone, they gone for pace again. Obviously with Sterling and Saka, wasn't working. Um, Mason Mount was quiet. Bellingham was very quiet. Um, and I think someone like Foden just breaks the lines, can take a player on. Um, but he's very good with the ball. Like his close control, very good and stuff like that. And you saw it when Grealish came on as well. Um, the ability to win the set pieces that. I felt like it was the only way we were going to get through. Harry Maguire was winning everything at our end, so he was eventually going to win everything at their end. The more of the set pieces we would have got, the better we would have been. And I think Foden and Grealish give you that a little bit more. But yeah, Foden should should have started for me. Yeah, I mean, Lee, I mean, for me, I think Grealish sort of up the tempo a bit for him when he come on. He seemed to be the one that was you know, trying to drive him forward and trying to sort of spark something to happen. Did, did you see that from him? Yeah, uh, that was the the main player for me who, who made the the big difference um, with, with the substitutions. I thought that 
Jack Grealish, he looked, he looked really sort of up for it. And having seen him like that, you wish, you almost wish he'd started and the mentality may have been a little bit different. But I, but I will say that I do think that Gareth Southgate, he takes this kind of pragmatic approach. I don't think he was going to take any massive risks in this game. And all in all, a, a draw, it's an acceptable result for the performance that we put in just about. Yeah, for me, like you say, Southgate, he'll, he'll sit at the end of there, sit at the end of the match. Everyone will be complaining. There's uproar in the press and the fans are booing and whatever. And he'll just think, well, it's a clean sheet. We haven't lost. And barring an actual capitulation against Wales, we're through to the next round. So, ticks all my boxes. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. It's... Well, you, you better remember the um, in the second game in the Euros, we, we played Scotland. And it was nil nil. It, it's not that dissimilar to that. It, there's there's no shame whatsoever in drawing with the USA. Let, let's just remember they're a decent side. If if you look at the international sort of league table, then they're in the top twenty with us. So the Premier League, if you want to sort of draw a comparison, they're they're not that sort of much behind us. There's just a few places in the rankings, perhaps, and 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 they might look at us and think, you know what, we, we fancy it against you. And we did discuss it in the previous pod where we said that there was a chance that it's a bit of a cup final for them and and we might just want to get through it unscathed, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, do you think do you think Gareth has looked at this and looked at the looked at the group and maybe pinpointed the US as the biggest sort of threat to England and he's deliberately just sort of gone out to think, do not lose this game. Uh, possibly. I think everyone knew that we were probably going to beat Iran in the first game and they've looked at that and I think we expected a lot more because of the way that first game went. But yeah, I think Southgate would have viewed it as yeah, USA is the toughest game in the group. Make sure we don't lose that one and we'll be we'll be fine. But um the the most disappointing thing for me was that we just looked flat, it looked lethargic, it wasn't the same team that played on Monday. It was it was weird. It's the same eleven players, but they look completely different. Yeah, lethargic is a weird I'd use. Now, I've nicked another stat off Sky Sports here. That's all. <laughs> um, tell me if you think this may have played a part. Since August, since like, it's the season, the English season started in August, England's players have played 187 club games between them, the ones that started in the England team last night. The US is starting 11 last night and played 127 in that time. So 60, or by about 33%, less than England. I mean... Do you think that made a difference? No, not for me. Um, purely because the USA looked dead in the second half against Wales. Like, if you yes. look at it like that, they looked run into the ground, and they looked like England looked for the entire 90 minutes last time. <laughs> um, do you think... I mean... I, Lee, do you think he should have made some changes? Bearing in mind, obviously, that this is going to be a long tournament. It, we've talked about sort of the conditions out there and and the fact that it is, you know, there's been a frenetic start to the season for a lot of these players. Do you think that you know he should have he shouldn't be rotating the side more? I think he's going to stick to his game plan, and I think that that the side that that went out against Iran played so well. They did exactly what they were asked to do. And he's going to show faith in them to do exactly what they're asked to do again. And what he expected to be a different game, 
the the approach that they took, it was clear that we treated them as a different class of opponent. We weren't nowhere near as aggressive. The amount of times we're passing it back between Stones and Maguire just to try and draw them out a little bit. So and, and they weren't having it. They'd done their homework too and they were very well prepared for us. And I think our players could perhaps see that on the pitch, that that everything they tried to do, the USA, that they were onto it. They worked really hard. And the USA will give anybody a game if they prepare that well for it, as they did for us. So, um, I'm sorry, actually, what was the original question? I've gone on a right tangent there, I don't know. Um, should, should we have made some change? Should he be fresh in the side? Yeah, yeah, so, so the answer is, the answer is no. I, I actually really happy that he, he, he shows some faith in the same team because it was going to be a slightly different job asked of them. And I think that is what he sees as his first team um, in the absence of a, a fully fit Kyle Walker, in which case he might change things a little bit anyway. Now, I, I'm going to question something. I, was, I saw last night, it said it was the first time England made an unchanged side in 53 matches. That can't be right, surely. Wow. At the Euros last year, did... Did they, they, did they surely name the same eleven at some point in that run, didn't they? Um, were there any forced changes? They were, there may have been forced changes, but yeah, well, there was forced changes after the Scotland game, wasn't there? In the Euros, because of um, Billy Gilmore and Mason Mount kissing, um, and they all got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, so I know there was forced changes there because obviously Mason Mount starts every game. Um, but yeah, he missed a couple, didn't he? I can't remember if it was two. He missed the Czech game. And, I'm and sure didn't Foden the play the first game oh. and then got injured? Yeah. Foden missed that, didn't yeah. he? Foden yeah. So yeah, started, he didn't he? Yeah. Right. yeah, and then because he kept changing the defence as well, because if you remember, he started with Trippier at left back. Reese James played right back in a game. It might have been the Scotland game. And then Luke Shaw started playing. And then he... He didn't really change the front. Sterling and Kane were pretty consistent. And then Saka came in about for the Czech Republic game, I think, was Saka's first game. And then he so was it in. Might, might actually be right. It might be yeah. 53 games yeah. right, since the last day of the unchanged side. Wow. Yeah, that's that's insane. Um, I mean, Lee, you, you mentioned Maguire there. I mean, for me, he was probably the man of the match last night. And his, it was his 50th cap as well. Um, him and John, him and John Stones just seem to just click really well. Don't they? they just play off each other really well. I think when you look at, at your centre of defence, you you can almost overlook who the best individual footballers or individual defenders are. If you've got two with a bit of understanding, just go with them every time. And they just work really well together. Harry Maguire, he, he had a strange game actually. I think at, at one point he was trying to dribble it in the box like Neymar. He, <laughs> He got well, nearly every header at the bat, but he had a really shaky little patch in the middle of the game. I'm thinking, come on now, you know, get your eye on it a little bit. But he made some important blocks too. He, he definitely was a leader on the pitch as well. I actually think Harry Kane had a really good game too. Uh, obviously, he'd like to be on the score sheet and he probably thought he might have done better with that late chance. But I thought his overall work rate and performance, he really put one in for the team. Yeah, I've seen a lot of... A lot of sort of Kate, uh, Kate, Kane hate. Could be called Kate, couldn't it? <laughs> a lot of uh, sort of Kane hate on, on sort of online the last twenty four hours or so, and I think it's really un- unnecessary and undeserving. Really, I think, like you say, he put a good shift in. It's just nothing was nothing was working around him, was he? 
nobody was giving him any options. He was he had to drop into midfield because the ball wasn't getting to him. He held it up. He thought he just didn't have the support from anyone. I mean, yeah. Jamie, do, do, do you think Kane sort of played well? I mean, like I say, a lot of people say the opposite to what we're sort of insinuating here. Yeah, I, I think he he did what like where he wasn't getting the supply line, so he was getting no service. The Bellingham was off, Mount was off, Sterling was off, Saka was the only one who looked like he might do something. But when you've got them three other attacking players, that that should be your supply line to Harry Kane. And if he isn't getting it, like you said, he drops in, he holds the ball up, brings others into play, and he links the play from the midfield to what should be himself because no one else is doing it for him. He, he literally he can't do everything, so people can't complain because there's there's ten other players on that outfield that are backing him up and are supposed to give him the chances he needs, and he's not getting that, so he he works a lot harder than than he needs to. Yeah. Um, I mean the US in themselves they're quite a decent young side, don't they? For me, I mean, it's quite bright, it's quite energetic, and they were a lot better yesterday than they were against Wales, especially that second half against Wales. Um, yeah, I was quite impressed with them. I mean, the next World Cup is in the States, isn't it? And you wouldn't, sort of, at this stage, you'd think if they continue developing, they could have quite a decent run at that World Cup. Yeah, they, they're coming to the, what they'd call their golden generation now with Pulisic, uh, Musa, uh, Tyler Adams, uh, Weston McKenney as well. Uh, decent little fullback in Serginio Dest if he can keep his, keep his head on. Um, he's a good little fullback as well, but yeah, he's he, another he, one who could have played for England, didn't he? Yes, um, he is, which is weird. But he was playing for Barcelona last season. Now he can't get in Milan's team. It's <laughs> it's very strange, but um, yeah, they've got a good good side, and they've said that this this is the World Cup for them, where they'll they'll measure how it's progressing with the view to going into knockout stages in the next World Cup. If they reach a knockout stage this year, then fair play to them, and it looks like they might. So. I mean, you didn't even mention Gio Reyna there either. No, didn't need to. I think he got enough coverage. He was on the pitch 10 minutes, and I, I think I got his live story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot to say about this game, is there? But all in all, Gareth will be happy with the point, clean sheet. And I think as well, very important for him will be the fact that that Wales game now is sort of... There's, there's no pressure on it. No. The last thing you would have wanted is to have is to def, been defeated um, against the USA and having to go and get a result against Wales to get through. Yeah, well, you wouldn't have wanted that because of the emotion that fixture brings, let alone, you know, and then what that can do to a to a side. Yeah, the pressure's all on Wales now. They can't they can't sit back. They have to attack, and that'll suit England down to the ground. Yeah. They'll go. It wouldn't surprise me if he changed to a back five and play yeah, count. I mean, we'll get we'll get into that um, shortly for obviously like yeah. you know, where, where we think formation or or teams who who we would play. USA, you know, it's you know it's still in their hands, isn't it? If they go and beat um, Iran in that yeah. final game, which should be a corker of a game, I'd imagine now. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm expecting quite a few cards, I think. <laughs> yes. Two countries that don't always get on <laughs> off the pitch. <laughs> yes. 
Um, you, you wouldn't have given Iran a single chance, would you? Until they went and did that against Wales, and you think, you know what? They, obviously, these are still up for it. These are they're not beaten at all in the head, are they? No, no. I mean, did did anyone see Saudi? Did anyone see Saudi Arabia today? Yeah, they were so unlucky. How they lost that game two 0 I don't know. It was like, like watching Barcelona at times. It was a little passy. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, no, they played really well and were just unlucky. Uh, man of the Match poll. So we put a Man of the Match poll on our uh, Facebook page. Number one, Man of the Match. Who Harry, would you give it to? Harry Maguire. I, I will say Maguire too. 66% of the vote, Harry Maguire. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, second place, Luke Shaw, six percent. Oh, I just said and John Stones. Is what sorry? I just said John Stones personally. But... Well, Stones didn't get any of the votes. Hmm. I thought, um, he was a, thought he was all right. I know. That's on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Shaw got Shaw got six percent, and Grealish got was a third with four percent of the vote. Imagine coming on for twenty minutes and being third in the man of the match vote. Yeah, it just shows how little attacking threat we yeah. we sort of posed, doesn't it, during the match? Yeah. That guy called it was as if he even like set a goal or scored or anything, he literally just came on and Yeah. <laughs> um a couple of funny ones people added because you can add your own onto these polls. Not that I want to promote that. But, <laughs> yeah. but yes, Southgate for playing for a draw got three percent. And uh for them who listen to the Stoke version of these podcasts will know what this means. I missed the steward in block nine vote from John Owen Leak. Uh, that got 13% of the vote. So, yeah, so our regular listeners will know what that means. Um, but, yes, so far, player of the tournament standings then, judging off these two matches we've had so far in the man of the match polls. Number one, Jude Bellingham. He's got 50 points. Second is Maguire with 49. Saka's in third with 36. Luke Shaw's fourth with 34. And despite only being on the pitch for probably less than an hour, Jack Grealish is fifth in the player of the tournament standings for England with 31 points. Wow. I think people just like Jack Grealish because he's an attacking footballer. It's it's what he does. You know it's going to be direct when he's on. It's exciting to see. Yeah. So I think people just associate that with him, to be honest. I suppose in a game like last night as well, anyone who's showing a bit of intent is going to be looked on favourably, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Um, right, so yes, we're moving on, moving on for the USA game. I don't think it deserves too much more of a time, does it? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on to the tournament so far. Now, everyone's played at least one. Half the teams by now have played twice. What is everybody thinking? Who's impressed you? Um, I think, personally, I was... Impressed by Brazil after Neymar went off. Um, I was impressed with France. And going into last night, I just said England. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then last night happened and it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, I'd, I'd say it was, it'd was be France and Brazil. Brazil post-Neymar for me. I mean, Lee, what are you thinking of Argentina? Because obviously they lost that first game to Saudi Arabia, but... At half time, they could have been well out of sight, couldn't they? They could have been like four 0 up if it wasn't for VAR, and and the fact that they couldn't stay on side, of course. Uh, and then obviously tonight they've beaten Mexico in what was a sort of quite a high pressure game. Did 
were you impressed with Argentina? Do you think tonight? Do you think they, the fact they had to sort of like grind out that win till the end? You know, it, was it something that you know is it a poor Mexico team and you know they're not good? It's not impressive, like Jeff or. You know, do you think they could still be challenges in this, judging off how they played so far? I think it was a really, really important result for them uh, to come back from what happened. It was just a poor 45 minutes against Saudi Arabia, as you say. Uh, if they were a little bit more streetwise, they'd have been absolutely miles ahead by half-time. And they'd have cut them open time and time again. And they'd have been flowing through the tournament now, looking really confident and justifiably up there amongst the favourites. So another positive result, which you'd fancy him to get uh, against Poland, then yeah, they're well in the reckoning, aren't they? You don't really want to be drawn against them when they've the momentum's with them. On the back of one bad performance, which any team can have, it, it really is worth pointing out that any team can have an off day, a bad performance, get caught out. Things don't work out for them. But if they respond... Yeah, better to have it in the group stage than the knockouts. Yeah. The gas, right? Yeah, get that bad result or that bad performance or them silly habits out of the way. You get the team's head, you know, back together, have a good tour. Let's be honest. Let's are we here seriously or not? And and sometimes that kind of thing it, it works out for the best. So I wouldn't write them off at all. I, I agree with Jamie. I think France have looked good and, and Brazil did seem to look better without Neymar. As much as I like the to watch him play, he they just looked a lot sharper without him to play with a lot more. Um, they just seem to play with a lot more proper intent uh, once Neymar was off the pitch. And and I don't know if that's because they'd worn him down a bit anyway. It's hard to say. We'll see in the next couple of games, won't we? But Brazil did look good. Spain looked great. But I don't think Spain played anybody. Um, it, it was like when we played Iran. You couldn't learn too much from the game. We were just a lot better than them on the day. So we'll see with Spain, won't we, tomorrow. They've got a proper match. And that'd be very, very interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say honourable mention to Spain. It's like They scored seven at the end of the day, and scoring seven in any game is an achievement. Yes, they play Costa Rica, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, like you say, playing a Germany side that's got to win that match, or at least get, at the very least, get a point out of it, that's probably going to be. Like a more, you know, you're going to learn more about Spain in that game, aren't you, than you are Costa Rica? Yeah. Uh, you've got to think as well, the, the Germans, they're going to be smarting as well after their result against uh, Japan. They're going to have to want to go out and prove a point to if, if they can show a little bit more big game maturity, they might actually take it away from Spain. It's, it's not a formality that they, that Spain take anything from that match against Germany. The, wor the worst thing about that from Germany's standpoint is that Japan could well beat Costa Rica hours before that game and Japan are through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. that game is massive. Um, you would not bet against Japan, would you, beating Costa Rica from no, what you've seen? absolutely not. I think Japan will beat Costa Rica. And yeah. it's going to come to a... And who thought that before the tournament? Straight shootout between Spain and Germany for, for the next place. To join Japan. Yeah, to join Japan in the next round. So, I mean, uh, talking of Japan, I mean, we've mentioned uh, mentioned Japan, we've mentioned Saudi Arabia, uh, mentioned Iran playing well against Leeds, at uh, Leeds, Leeds, against <laughs> Wales. It may as well have been Leeds, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, out, who surprised you then? Which which countries come and you thought, whoa, I didn't know they could, you know, they could play or didn't know they had that in the locker? 
I mean, I think Canada is probably another one. Yeah. It's Saudi Arabia for me, 100% yeah, it is, Saudi Arabia. It is, it is Saudi Arabia. And I know we've spoken about them. And like like Dan said, it was a bit like watching old school Barcelona at points today. But um, yeah, they just, I, I don't know what it is. Um, sometimes you, you get these teams that just turn up and surprise you. And they're one of them. And as, as you said, Dan, um, Canada as well. Didn't didn't want to give up against Belgium or anything like that, and would have we're, we're unlucky not to get a draw from that game. Yeah, I think um, I think I said to you guys didn't I, that obviously after the uh, Japan and uh, Saudi Arabia victories, that uh, you'd imagine coming to the January transfer window, you know what the Premier League are like with World Cup players, they'll all be. You know, scrapping for the for the hottest talents from Japan and Saudi Arabia, won't they? Bringing them to the Premier League. Well, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah, probably Newcastle will probably be in line for a few of them Saudis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what I will say, I've been doing a bit of research today. Now I've shared this with Jamie whilst we were waiting to to come on. And and do this pod. It's it's news to Lee. He he doesn't know this. So here, tell us what you think about this, Lee. Since 1930, only three countries, well, three sides, have won the World Cup with a 100% group stage record. So that was Brazil in 70, Brazil again in 2002, and then France in 1998 also did it. The only times that someone's won all their group games and then gone on to win the tournament. Someone has been proper gone out looking for comfort stats there, haven't they? <laughs> See, it doesn't matter if we drew. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, can still, we can still win it. Most of the time, you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> do, do you know what it is? I, I, I think that... If you look at it, those sides had to go and win seven games back to back. Oh, it's Does, a big ask, isn't it? Doesn't matter how good a side you are, that's not an easy thing to do, is no, it? No, no, no. Especially not, think, like you're not a, you're not a club side, are you? So you're not literally together week in week out. You play for all different clubs. So even getting that momentum inside four weeks, like this time the turnaround, you normally get a couple of weeks camp before with the rest of the players and stuff like that. The turnaround's been a week. Yeah, I mean there is, there is like three four days between games, and you know, I think that that's why a lot of sides will like we said before, didn't we? Get the bad game out in the group stage where yeah. where you can recover and it doesn't you know it's not sort of fatal to your chances. Once you've sort of a good example of this is Belgium. The last three tournaments Belgium have played, they've won every group game. Yeah. But then when they get to the knockouts, at some point, there's always a hiccup for them. Because, mm. again, it's difficult to go and win six or seven games yeah. in a row, isn't it? Yeah. Like, saying no matter who you are. Um, there was one one mad thing I did find, though. <laughs> so, 1950, first, the first um, World Cup after the war. Now, the home nations hadn't been involved because they didn't recognise FIFA as the head of football. The FA still considered themselves to be in charge of sort of world football. Um, but obviously, they decided after the war that they would join FIFA and sort of you know admit to that. 
So they did, and FIFA said, okay, well, the home championships that get played, the top two in that can qualify, that'll be the qualification for the World Cup. So Scotland said, we'll only go to the World Cup if we win these championships. Um, in England, you know, in England said, well, we'll go, if we finish top two, then we'll go regardless. Obviously, England won it, Scotland comes second. Scotland then refused to take their place at the World Cup and just didn't turn up. This this because they'd finished second to England in the home championships. So apparently Scottish manager begged the, like the FA in Scotland to let them go and they just refused. Um, so they didn't turn up. Another, and then there was three other teams. Well, uh, three other teams didn't come. One, one because they said they couldn't afford to get there. And it ended up that two of them should have been in the same group. So Uruguay won that, won that World Cup. But their group was just them and Bolivia. So they played one game, beat Bolivia 8 0, and that put them into the quarterfinals. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> we can do with a run like that. Nice, yeah. nice bit of history for you there. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? And then all the times that Scotland are like, oh, we never get to go to a World Cup. Yeah, well, you threw one away. Yeah, you qualified <laughs> for one. Pure stubbornness. Absolute pure stubbornness. Yeah. I admire it, to be honest. I mean, that's another level of stubborn, isn't it? It really is. That's Scottish stubborn, that is, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just had the one group game, one eight nil. Job done. Yeah, that'll do. Um, right, shall we get into the uh, Wales game? Yeah, why not? Why not? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, yes, Wales final group game. Um, it's just me and Lee for this part of the podcast now. Jamie has, uh, he's got other in, other commitments, has Lee? Uh, yeah, without giving anything away, he just said, get me out of here. <laughs> and he did. He's gone. Yeah, that was it. Um, right, I'm going to throw some stats at you, Lee. So, England have played Wales 103 times. 68 victories, 21 draws and just 14 defeats. In fact, they've beaten Wales more than they have beaten any other nation in history. Scotland being second on that list with 48 England wins. It's not bad, is it? Well, it explains why they both dislike us so much, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the competitive record, that's not too bad either. I mean, if you take away the the um, Home Nations tournament that used to get played every year, if you take that away, 
So in competitive games, so this is like World Cup, European um, Championships, qualifiers and finals matches, played 11, won 10, drew 1, lost none. The only draw being a 1973 World Cup qualifier. So again, it all bodes well again. <laughs> well, they will just look at that as um, another record to be broken. That's the way they'll see it. Yeah, another one they might look at raking is that Wales have only scored once in 38 years against England, which was Gareth Bale, Euro 2016. And I think he should have saved that as well, really, to be honest. Yeah, we should. But we won't, we won't dig up the past. I don't think it's fair. <laughs> um, October 2020 was the last meeting. England won 3-0 with goals from Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Danny Ings and everybody's favourite cheerleader, Connor Cody. Connor Cody. <laughs> and he might even be on the pitch tomorrow. Who knows? Why? Yeah, he might even get a game from Gareth. Um, so looking at Wales, yeah, obviously Wayne Hennessy will not be playing, so they're going to have to bring on. Um, likely is going to be Ward, the Leicester City goalkeeper. He's the guy they subbed on into in the last match, and I imagine he'll be the one starting uh, this game as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodon, Bale, and Chris Mappham are all on one yellow, and are obviously one game away from uh, another booking. Sorry, away from missing the last 16 games should Wales get through. England, on the other hand, are yet to receive a card in the whole tournament. So we have a clean clean bill of health when it comes to suspensions. However, in... I, I, on. Sorry. I can honestly say there that I, I don't think that's going to come into it, you know, with the Welsh uh, tomorrow. that They're going to go out there and they're just going to give them everything. Uh, I think we're in for a game. Yeah. I really do. It's one of them, isn't it? If the... They can't hold back because they just need to qualify whatever they whatever they know they need to do to to try and give themselves a chance of qualifying. Whatever it takes, whether that's whether the, that means that they sacrifice Bale and Ramsey and whoever in the next round, it's better than going home at this stage, isn't it? So, one simple objective is to thrash England. That's the way they'll be looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and they'd love nothing more. So they're going to get absolute a thousand percent commitment, um, and we're up against it in that regard. Yes, yeah, we are indeed. I mean, injury wise, Joe Allen sort of made his comeback from a sort of long term injury in the last game. So Wales, I think, have got a pretty clean bill of health from what I can see. Uh, whilst James Madison is still not training with England, so it looks like maybe he uh, that injury picked up on the last uh, game round of Premier League games. It's sort of ruined his World Cup, hasn't it, really? Possibly. It, it's. I think it's fair enough to say he might not have got a game anyway so far. He, he might have got a sub-appearance. Uh, but it's a shame. We'd have liked to have seen a bit more of him, wouldn't we? Yeah. When he brought him in and uh, Con, uh, Connor Gallagher. Yep. Yeah, and he, he brought the pair of them into the squad and... I just thought to myself with Madison, out of the two of them, he's the one that I could actually see forcing his way into that lineup. He seems a smart enough player. He's got good enough feet, and he, he's he's one of those players who's got a moment of magic in him as well. So it, it is a bit of a shame with what's happened there. Um, he was the one that I perhaps would have liked to see him get a little run out at some point. But there will be a lot of changes uh, for the Wales game still. I think when I say a lot. I, I mean perhaps three or four at least. Yeah, and he was banging form for Leicester as well, wasn't he? And you know, yeah, to the last few games. Um, so yeah, that's always a shame. 
Uh, Milestone-wise, Jordan Pickford got his 22nd clean sheet from 47 caps in in the last match. And uh, that's taking above David James in six less games than James played. And he is now eighth on the all-time list of clean sheets for England. Paul Robinson is the next one he's going to try to take. Paul Robinson's record actually is really impressive. 24 clean sheets in 41 games. Yeah. Was was he the goalkeeper under uh, Sven? He was, wasn't I think he he was McLaren's keeper as well because he was in goal once he when Gary Neville um passed in the ball. Was it Croatia away and Gary Neville yeah, passed in the ball back, didn't he? Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> Don't talk about stuff like that, please. Yeah, yeah it's a chilly memory. <laughs> Uh, now, for me, uh, uh, just on this subject, for me, Robinson got a lot of stick for that. I'm like, I don't know what the goalkeeper really is supposed to do. Is he? He's not. He can't see that sort of playing out as it does, can he? But what you can say is no. the fullback should have been taught from a young age when you pass the ball back to the goalkeeper, never pass it between the sticks. That's yeah. what I was always taught. You pass it. To... It is pretty much a basic, isn't it? Yeah, you, you pass it to the side of the goal. Then, if that happens, it's a corner, not a goal. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've cleared that up and, and established the who's to blame for that incident. Yes, Genev. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So I think I've, met, I've already mentioned how there's only three sides since 1930 have won the World Cup after a perfect group stage. So, uh, yes, we don't need to dwell on that. So, moving, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, moving on to permutations. So, obviously, this time, you know, for a mathematician and a, a guy who loves numbers, this third final group game is always a lovely, lovely time when you can kick back and look at all the groups and what mm. result means what and what can happen here or there. Yeah, my time, my time, this is my time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, if England win any score, then they won the group and Wales are out. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Now, if England draw, then England will win the group if Iran v USA is a draw or if the USA win by less than five goals. England will be second in the group if Iran win or the USA win by five or more goals. Okay? Okay. So if they draw, really, you're probably looking at, as long as Iran don't win, we'll still win the group. I I still think we'll win the group. I I think we'll probably win the game tomorrow. As much as I think that Wales will be up for it, I I just don't think we'll be good enough, you know. On on the night, I think as long as the team selection's good, he's got enough maturity in the team, he's kept the spine there. I, I think we should be all right in that game. We should be able to weather whatever storm. And if, if a team wants to come at us and let us play on the break, then that's good because we've got players that, that like to play that way too. Yeah. And, it, you know, we could go 1-0 down early or we could go 2 or 3-0 up early as well if that's how the game's going to be. And you've got to fancy uh, one or two of the lads that we've got to, to want to impress in this game as well. They're going to get a chance... I do think he'll make changes just because the players, they looked a little bit tired against the USA. It, it was a funny game. You know the thing with the USA game, and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way, but at the end of the first half, I thought to myself how significant that is, that of all the matches, there was one minute of added time, and that was it. In fact, that sums up how poor a, a sort of uh, like eventless match. Yeah, yeah there was nothing was going on. 
But I think what it actually reflects is the ball was in play a lot as well, because that is the directive. And if the ball was in play a lot, even if players are just jogging side to side, but they're not getting the breaks in play that that the other that they've seen in other games, that might be why they looked a bit lethargic. They were just getting slowly tired too. It's still a warm environment, and they're playing against a good side. So that could put, be a little bit of the reason they didn't they didn't look as sharp as we perhaps wanted them to. But I still think one or two were looking leggy, and one one or two were making mistakes, uh, sort of later on, early second half towards uh, before they got subbed. But I thought, yeah, that they just need a rest. They do. I think Bellingham, he, he looked he looked out of it at times. Um, he, he may even get rested for this game. Yeah, I mean, looking at obviously to finish off these permutations and looking at you know the um, sort of the risk of England going out. England can lose by up to four goals and they'll still win the group if Iran-USA draw. So we can lose 3-0 and if that other game ends in a draw, we'll still win the group. So, And the runners-up, if was, if either Iran or USA win, yeah. we'll be runners-up. If we lose by four... It's as I said to somebody. Sorry? That like, if, if you think like that, if, if we do go through on a 3-0 defeat, that's, group winners. that's not going to feel good. That's not going to feel great, is it? No. You, you're not going to have a lot of faith in this. No matter who we're playing in the next game, you're thinking, well, we've just been battered. They've just teams just showed up. Uh, and just showed up the world. Thrashes. Yeah. I mean, So th- there is a bit, there's something for us to play for here, not not just get through. I think we need to build some serious confidence. This is a, this is like um, a dress rehearsal for the final, literally. You've got to understand they're up for this. Wales are going to be. It's the one last chance, literally, for the, most of those players the last ever game at a World Cup, potentially. Yeah. It's just going to be like leaving everything on the pitch. This is England. Come on. And you know what they're like. So we've got to be ready for that. And we've got to have the, the side out that can be up for that match. Yeah. I mean, if we lose by four to six goals, then we are runners up. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, this is how bad we're... This is how, how far down we're going here. This is just, I'm literally here just pointing out that that the this is how far fetched it is for England not to go through. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. To, the only way we're guaranteed to go out is if we lose by seven or more. <laughs> okay. So lose by four to six and we'll still be runners up as long as Iran USA is a draw. Wales will win the group by the way at that point. Um and but we're out if either Iran or USA win. So we have to lose by four or more goals to have any chance of going out. Yeah. So I think he surely, even if he didn't pick any of the eleven that played in the first two games, he could still trust any of them, you know, the rest of the squad to go out there and not lose four 0 surely. But that even so, I, I do agree totally with that statement a hundred percent. It's just I hope that's not in his mindset that I will take a three 0 defeat. And I'm sure it's not. No, no, I don't like, think for one minute it will be. I just, I just think when he's looking at yeah, I think when he's looking at players and deciding who to rest, there shouldn't be any worry about weakening the side as such. Because I think if if he looks at a player and thinks this player looked like Bellingham, this player looked a bit leggy, I could maybe I need to give him a rest so he's fully recharged for later in the tournament when the bigger games are going to be coming thick and fast, you shouldn't yeah. be worried about, well, if I do take him out, is it going to, you know, the standard of the team going to drop? 
because I don't think, if anything, it'll probably do Calvin Phillips the world of good to get out there and get some minutes under his belt. The game will suit him, no doubt about it. It's, the, it, it's his kind of game. Yeah. And he'll, he'll probably excel in that match. He's, he's got that little bit more in, in that part of the game where you do need to get stuck in and, and the dirty work. He's probably got a little bit more of that about him than Bellingham. Um, not that Bellingham hasn't got the ability, all the ability in the world. I'm just talking about his, his natural inclination in the game. And it might, that protection there, it might really appeal to Southgate. So you might just think to yourself, you know what? We definitely won't lose 3 0 if I can play them two in the middle. Yeah. And they, and they make the partnership that they have. I, I'm not sure he'll change the formation, though. I, I think he may stick with the same formation. It, it, it'd be disastrous if they did actually get thrashed in this game after a formation change. You know what everyone's going to say. Why did he do that? It's the first thing that everyone's going to say about him. And he knows that. And he, they have actually played quite well both games, really. The second game was boring. I agree. Um, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. It was, it was enough to put us in this very luxurious position where Wales are going to have to thrash us 7-0 before we're definitely out. <laughs> um, so, I mean... Obviously, Bale, Ramsey, James, three key players for Wales. Bale in particular for me, been very disappointing. I think we've all got memories of Gareth Bale and the spectacular that he's capable of. And that's just the expectation of him when he's out there on the football pitch. And he can still do it. You know he can still do it. And he only needs to do it a couple of times against us. And... He's had the game of his life and, and he's loving it. He, he's a very committed guy. We've seen how stubborn he is and determined. So I just wouldn't write him off for this one particular match. This is going to give... He should give every player on the pitch an extra 10%, but it will definitely give the Welsh an extra 10%. They really, really, really would love to beat us anyway. They go home with a 1-0 win, heroes. They know that. Yeah. Just beating us. Just putting us in a place sort of thing, you know. They, I'm not, uh, it's how it is. It's just a rivalry, you know, and they, they just love it. But if they could thrash us, if they could put us out, oh, God. 7-0 win. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, I, I remember, um, I, saw, I saw something the other day, sorry, that said Bale's a player of moments now, not performances. I think that's probably yeah. true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it really is. He, he He's... He probably just sat on the bench a little too long. And I, I do admire his, his stubbornness, you know, just like the, <laughs> like the Scots who refused to go to the World Cup. Absolutely brilliant. I love that kind of stuff. Stuck by his principles, but he, he's probably been to the detriment of his career uh, as a footballer. It's, it's a shame because we've seen when he was younger, especially what, what a fantastic player he was to watch. You could guarantee every game he was going to do something. He, he was going to do something just like extremely... You know, like he, how he knocked it down the touchline, and he and he's gone off the pitch to run around the player, or he's, oh, he's just hitting it from any angle, top corner. I'm at, I was actually at the match with the one he scored against Stoke. I always tell people I'm on telly a lot because I'm just <laughs> behind the goal when he's cracked that one home. And I, I actually laughed when he hit it. I remember clear as anything. I laughed at the bit. I said, "Look at this!" Here. And then, oh. <laughs> Is that the uh, the one that went to the postage stamp where he's hit it from like yeah. got his foot up by like his shoulder height? It, just a perfect shot, yeah. Absolutely beautiful shot. Yeah, right I mean, in front of the old pants, great. <laughs> I mean, I say Aaron Ramsey, Dan James. I think that that's it. The nation will be really disappointed in them, won't the Welsh, the Welsh nation. Joe Allen's unfortunate, really. That it, obviously he's not really been fit. Um, 
prior to the tournament, and I know he came on the last game. And he sort of his mistake wasn't it that led to one of the goals. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I mean, one player who has had you know a positive impact for Wales is Kiefer Moore. I mean, that first game he came off the bench and sort of totally turned the game around, didn't he? Yeah, and I, and I think when you talk about the other players, you talk about Joe Allen, Aaron Ramsey. They will find whatever energy they need. They will find it against England, definitely. You, you know they're going to give a maximum performance, perfect preparation. Don't miss a trick. So you're going to get the best, the possible best version of those players on the day that you could be playing against. And I, I think that even form or anything can go out the window as well. Not not just sort of the uh, for, for individuals, but for the whole team. Even if the team's having a mare, it can just switch them on a bit. They've actually got a purpose to play in this game. They, they can still go through. I mean, what uh, what is your team then? What 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 team are you thinking? How many changes do you think ideally England could be making? Okay, well, I, I think three or four. Um, I'd have liked to have said he'd, he'd be bold enough to make maybe even more than that. Um, but again, when I say bold enough, is that is it bold or is it saying no? We'll actually take a defeat. If he makes it up too much, and that's not to say that the, the team isn't good enough. It's just that you want a team that's together and gelled and experienced to take on a team that's going to chuck everything at you. So you can't make too many changes for that reason, I think. And he may change Maguire if he's injured because he's he, he looked a bit sort of leggy, didn't he, at the end of the game? Yeah, it's he was a, holding his style a little bit, and you, you don't tough. know if he should start on that. You know, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it, with the defense because. After the first game, he probably wants them playing together to sort of solidify what they saw in the States game. Yeah, but yeah. At the same if you've time, got big you, yeah. you tend to sort them, do you? You know, you tend to keep them there for 90 minutes every game. You see it in, in the teams that win things. The, the big centre-halves are usually always there. Unless you've got a dead rubber of a game, you can, you can play your second team. Yeah, and I think as well, if there's any position that doesn't that you can sort of play numerous games in a short amount of time, it is usually centre backs, isn't it? Because there's not as much running usually around. A lot of it's sort of stood watching it. The games have always played in front of you. Um and being in position, yeah. Yeah, it's all about reading the game a lot of the time, isn't it? But I mean Pickford in goal, are you keeping Pickford in there? Or are you giving anybody else a bit of time just to just in case anything happens later on in the tournament? That's you know I was actually thinking of that exact thing on my drive home tonight, and it's a flip of a coin thing for me. It could be a conversation that Gareth Southgate has with Pickford and says, "Do you, do you fancy a rest?" I don't think he'd he'd worry about any of those goalkeepers he's taken. I'm not doing the job. Who's your number two? Is it, is it Nick, who's your oh. number two? Nick Pope or Aaron Ramsdale? I'm I'm still leaning towards Pope. Um, I, I do like him. I think Ramsdale just might have an error in him, but it's it's probably a little bit of, you know, I I might have seen different highlights. I, I couldn't say there's probably very little between them, and I think Pickford gets the nod purely because he's got a good clean sheets record, as you've seen, good understanding with the defence. His distribution is excellent, which is it is a weapon, you know, against the right kind of teams or when we're we're playing with the right kind of formation. The, the way he can sort of pick out a long pass pretty quickly as well, he sees them. It's it is a tool that we've got, and and it's something that he brings to the match. But I don't think it's necessarily really important to us. 
against Wales. I think he, he could rest him, but I, I do think he might even have a conversation with Pickford and see how he feels. Because yeah. it doesn't matter with a goalkeeper. He can't play every game. Yeah, I mean, moving into the midfield, Rice, Bellingham, Mount. I mean, I think like, we've already sort of yeah. intimated, haven't we, that we'd like uh, Calvin, Day, Calvin Phillips to come in. Yeah, I'd take it, him in for Bellingham. In the, in this, if we're sticking with the same formation, I think it's it, I'd be bringing him in for Bellingham, definitely. Foden for Bellingham? As long as he's and Foden for Mount, yeah. Just to, I think as well, I think that gives Foden game time and also it gives him an opportunity, doesn't it? Everyone's clamouring for you to play. Not that, that Gareth Southgate cares at all about that. But he can go, go on then, go out there. And if, if, if Phil Foden goes out there as a stinker, Gareth Southgate can say, well, for the rest of the tournament now, shut up and let me get on with managing this team. <laughs> I, I do think, though, that there's a chance Foden could replace uh, Saka. You could put him out on the on the right. Well, we'll get on to that. <laughs> yeah, he's actually out there too. So it's you know, mental attacker. Could... Declan Rice is he? Uh, is he the Lynch? Is he holding it all together as as per? I think he is actually. Yeah, I, th- I think he's uh, one of those players. You, you'd play him every game, really. Yeah. If, if especially if, you know, unless I could say there's a dead rubber situation, you'd play him every single game that you need to be competitive in. Well, I mean. Uh, and then obviously front three. Now for me, does Kane get a rest? Bear in mind he looked. Obviously Conte said he was tired. He looked a bit leggy. He hasn't really been a threat himself. To save him for later on in the tournament, would you give Callum Wilson a game? I'd be really tempted to, uh, personally. And me. And I think if I did. I'd, I'd make sure that whoever I'm putting in for Mount, who's playing sort of a little bit in behind, it, has got that sort of inclination to to come a bit deeper for the ball. Um, he's going to look at his squad and who's the best for that job, which is why I suppose Foden is a smart player for it, I suppose, playing that position. Mm-hmm. But um, up front, Callum Wilson for me, I'd love to see him get a game. Yeah, yeah I've gone for completely changed front three. I've gone for Wilson, Grealish and Rashford. Uh, but obviously, you're, I know what you're saying about Foden could come in for, for either Rashford or Grealish. I'd like to have Rashford or Grealish on the bench. Yeah. Just as if we did need to bring someone on that, that makes an impact. I was thinking, obviously, um, we've got Sterling then on the bench and Saka. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they're the same kind of players. I'm, I don't I don't know for certain. But what I do know is my feeling about Rashford and Grealish is that if you bring them on with half an hour to go, the other defenders, they don't like that. <laughs> they don't like these kind of players. So, it, because it's a known problem that we've got, I'd probably keep one of them on the bench and, and I'd play one of them. Okay. So, what what's your prediction then? Okay, I think I think we'll win 3-2. Yeah, it could be one of them games. I was going to say 3-1. So, yeah, 3-1, 3-2. Um, yeah. I think it could go. It, Wales might well get an early goal. It might just prick a few ears up, thinking, "Oh, hang on, <laughs> let's be careful here." Could oh, <laughs> you imagine? Can you imagine? Just to, you can because you're an England fan, right? So you can imagine. It's ten minutes in. Gareth Bale's just just hit his second free kick of the game, <laughs> <laughs> and the commentators say the England players look stunned. <laughs> Are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, you know what? That rings a lot of bells, that does. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is why, you know, I'm actually, I'm glad that the game's got me this way. It's got me really interested in it. 
I'm quite nervous about it, and, and I really would rather us not get beat by them. You can just, just imagine. As a of pride. You can just imagine Clive Tilsley now, can't you? Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, three two. I think I'm going to go for um, Grealish, Foden, and Wilson are going to be scoring my goals. I think. There will be an early Wales chance. I think England will equalise. Wales will take the lead again. But I think it'll be 3-2 after about an hour and then the game will just sort of peter out kind of thing because Wales will know they need a bit of a bigger win. Yeah, OK. So I'm going to go with... I'm sticking with 3-2 and I think um, Cam, Callum Wilson gets two of them as well. I think if he plays, he'll have a good game. The, the trouble is, with, you don't know with Harry Kane, do you? If it's a case of, he, you know he wants to play every game. I, am I mistaken here? I'm, I might be getting mixed up, but I think, was it Harry Kane? Did, didn't he play in like the under-21 uh, Euros and then did a full season then played yeah. in the actual full team as well? Yeah, well, he's just, he just spell every game. Four, yeah, there was a spell of about four years where he just played constantly, didn't he? Yeah, he's just got it in him. And he is a bit of a machine. When you see him play, he doesn't stop. He puts such a shift in. So he'll want to play because he wants to break every record going. He wants to be on the pitch. Yeah, he so knows it's a short career. It, yeah, so it, Gareth Southgate's got to find a way of explaining it to Harry Kane if he isn't playing. <laughs> you know, because he, he'll definitely want to. He'll just but he's a team player. Arm round, team his player. arm round his shoulder, looking up into the sky, saying, Harry, we're not going to play against Wales. Save you because you're two goals behind Wayne. Just think, F World Cup final, breaking Rooney's record to win the World Cup. That's what we're aiming for here, Harry. So we're going to give yeah. you the, what yeah. get us a goal in this last sixteen, goal in the quarters of the semis. You can break the record in the final. Uh, yeah, all right, guys, I can go with that. <laughs> I could go with that actually. That sounds all right. That does you? <laughs> Um, but yeah, all positive. Let's uh, let's hope fingers crossed that it all comes to fruition then, and uh, we aren't we aren't reviewing this seven nil seven nil defeat and wondering what we're going to do for the rest of the tournament. <laughs> well, it'll be a case of getting me out of here as well if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll all be leaving the country. <laughs> well, they I don't think they'll be coming back. They'll they'll all be seeking transfers somewhere else in Europe. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yes, hopefully. I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll be back for our last 16 clash um, to preview that. So, yeah, probably you hear off us guys close to the weekend. Go on, England. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.